Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in our ESPN 1320 Kings insider, James Ham, also creator of the Kings Beat. New episode of the Kings Beat, I'm guessing, drops right at 4 o'clock. Yeah, it depends on how fast I can upload it while we're on here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It <laughs> might actually drop while we're talking. Uh, um, but we bring James Ham here uh, as the Sacramento Kings get ready to take on uh, the Houston Rockets for the second time in three days. Hammer, how you feeling? The elusive five games. Oh boy! The dates in our notes somewhere. Uh, April eighteenth. Is that the day? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah, it was the last time they were, or two thousand six. Excuse me, two thousand six. The last time they were five games over five hundred. Does it happen tonight? I don't know. I was a much younger man then. Well, that was a long time ago, James. That was I only had one son the last no. time that happened. The other one is he's now fifteen. That's crazy. You know, you know, you know James, I said something. That's crazy. He will drive. Will he will they win five get five games over five hundred before he gets his learner's permit? That's the question. I said so James, I said something <laughs> yesterday. That I actually really believe. I always Uh-oh. say whatever I believe. Oh, this, there ain't no shock value. <laughs> wait, wait. You really believe this yeah. one? As say, opposed I, to I, when I, he I, said something, he was just full of crap. <laughs> well, that's when I say, you know, the, the Raiders are a really tough team. You know, they, oh, they, yeah, they we all hard, we all know right? that, yeah. Um, but I said there's a possibility that if they get over this five-game over 500 hump, they ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. Hmm. And now I'm like all the way in. The, if they, when they do it, I don't know if it's today or whenever they do. When they do it, they're not coming back. They're gonna stay at least five. This is their five. best chance to do it, especially yeah. with who they play Sunday. I think it's like a hump that you need to get over. It, it, it once you get over this, it becomes much easier to go get the sixth, to get the seventh, to get the eighth, which mm. they could string together right here without mm-hmm. any problems. I mean, you got San Antonio, the mm. Lakers. And then OKC. OKC uh, beat, beat that. Yeah. yeah. OKC they is tough. sneaky. They got like 19 wins right mm-hmm. now. They're mm-hmm. physical. They've got a star. They, you know, they've got some great defensive players. Giddy is a stud. Uh, I, you know, I love Lou Dort. Say, how many players on that team would you love to have on your team? And I think, I mean, I don't want Poku, but outside of that, you know, I would take Giddy. I would. What's, uh, you know, what's the the Williams the rookie? Um, well, they have two Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, that's what yeah, it is. So the one, one with the afro. The Jalen Williams is really I, good. I even like that one guy. I forgot his name, but he's been on the Thunder for a couple of years with the, the Shag, the light-skinned yeah, guy Kendrich. with the Shag. 
Williams. Kind of like him. I'm always kind of like him. Yes, he – like that team has a bunch of players. The problem that they have is that they got all those draft picks and none of them are super, super high. Mm. Um, of course, they did get, you know, Chet this year, so we're seeing them without Chet. Um, but I'd also say, like, they keep running into this problem that they don't have enough roster spots. So – so last year they had to waive players that you just wouldn't typically waive mm-hmm. um, because they don't have enough space for all these young players. And eventually you would expect them to go out and try to make a big trade to get better and to speed up their process. But they seem perfectly fine just like sitting back and, and waiting this thing out and hoping that they, they find their version of, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden like they did once before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a game next Friday is going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. That game with Oklahoma City is going to be an mm-hmm. absolute fight. Oh, yeah. They're tough, man. They they don't. Shea and De'Aaron are going for like 80 combined <laughs> points. Yeah, I, I think that is one of those games where you need you need De'Aaron to step up and like into that role and say, look, I, he might be an all-star, but so am I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Houston Rockets tonight. There's a belief that the Kings really didn't play well on – Wednesday, but they did in the fourth quarter. Where do you where do you balance the first three quarters with the final quarter? Like, look, they're NBA players. They've got a bunch of NBA players on that roster. Uh, whether they're great NBA players or whether they're— They being Houston. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Houston. Whether—I mean, they've got a top-tier talent in Jalen Green. Um, Alperin Shengun is absolutely, like, a joy to watch. He's funky. Um, but man, he can play uh, again. Talk about a team that that uh, you wouldn't mind having a couple of players like Tate is. Yeah. I yeah, really yeah. like him. Um, I really like KJ Martin. They tried to give KJ Martin away during the offseason. Like, why weren't teams lining up for this? This is what he's done every single time. And again, it just cements the fact that that's who the Kings are missing. They need one of those guys. They don't have that guy. They can just come in and hammer down five or six balls on you and like like really be impactful in like a short burst. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they hit shots. That's it. They weren't that impressive. They they just hit shots. They're, uh, they came into the game one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and early on they were hitting. Once they cooled off, the Kings ran them over, or like, what was it, 40 to 20 in the— mm-hmm. 40 in the, to 20, 41, 41 to 20. Yeah, 41-20 yeah, in the fourth, right? Yeah, uh, yeah and, like, I think it, it goes back to, like, who are the who is this Kings team? And they keep showing us that they're uh, a group that can come out and in a short span run over somebody. And, and, and it doesn't have to be just Sabonis or Fox. It can be someone else. And I'll even – I really like the way that I, I saw De'Aaron Fox. He had nine points. And then you saw him kind of pull back and, and realize that, that Trey Lyles was on fire. Mm-hmm. And he just kept feeding him. And Fox had six assists in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very impressive. Like, the recognition, the understanding that it's not about you. It's not about you trying to get to the all-star team. It's not about you becoming the clutch player of the year, Mr. Clutch. It's about winning a game and and bringing up a, a fellow teammate when they have an opportunity, when they catch fire. I thought it was a really good moment of growth for him. And Another moment where Trey Lyles just, like, what is it, six, seven, eight times a season where the Kings just flat out wouldn't have won a game without Trey Lyles. Mm -hmm. Like, his impact on a game has been really, really interesting to watch. Like, it's not every night, but you can single out game after game where 
he was so huge in crucial moments of the game mm-hmm. and led to a victory and that's good that's good for a guy who's eight nine ten on your in your rotation yeah and and the, I agree with what you talked about with De'Aaron Fox in that fourth quarter and you know he had the nine points but then he went into playmaker mode and we you know, we talk about how Trey Lyles took over the fourth quarter and, and played well in the fourth quarter, but Damian brought it up. De'Aaron Fox, 9.6 assists in the fourth quarter. Yes. Like, he was – that was point guard level stuff yeah. in that fourth quarter, the way he took over um, offensively. And to go along with that, I thought he started to turn off the water on Jalen Green a little bit and, and was doing a good job on him in that fourth quarter as well. It's not as flashy as what we see when he's, you know, making 17 points in the fourth quarter, but – he was he was just as dominant in that game in the fourth. Yeah, no, I, I thought he was totally dominant. I mean, it's what you want to see from him is he, there's so many different ways to win a game, you know, and, and you need to figure out different ways during a season. And it can't just be about De'Aaron Fox going for 17 points and and taking over and, and winning a game. And uh, I thought it was one of those like really really good leadership moments. And he's had a couple of them this season where I felt the same way where. He saw where he could just like put the throttle down and just run someone off the court, mm-hmm. but instead he got his teammates involved. He let them be part of the process. Even go back to last year, the Chemezi Metu three in the corner where Fox drove the lane, found Chemezi for the open three, and they won the game. Uh, I mean, it was one hundred percent on him. He could have easily gone up and and tied the game at the rim, but he found his guy in the corner and, and instilled that confidence in him. And uh, I, it's something also he said. Uh, that he's really working on putting the ball at the perfect spot for his teammates to shoot. And it's that's that's a major growth piece for De'Aaron. Growth seems to have been the – growth in coaching seems to have been kind of key words uh, this week following the Lakers game on Saturday and into the Orlando game and then again uh, the Houston game on Wednesday. I thought you had one of the great sound bites from Keegan Murray yesterday. Uh, that we played uh, on the show where uh, he was talking about coaching and being challenged uh, by Mike Brown. And I know you wrote about that on the Kings Beat last night. Yeah, you know, there's something about Mike Brown that I I think people just miss, right? He is all over these guys on the court. He is holding everyone accountable. If you listen closely to the postgame and the pregame, um, but really the post game, you'll hear the players talk about it, how Trey Lyle said that, you know, Mike Brown has been on him because, uh, he's a really, really good rebounder and he's proven that he can really be a great offensive rebounder this season, but he's not getting the same, uh, like sort of traction on the defensive rebounding boards. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why is that? And, and it's something, you know, like no one ever figured out that with Carl Landry is one of the great offensive rebounders in the game during his time with the Kings and Houston never was a good re- defensive rebounder at all. And it's because there's no, like <laughs> you don't get anything for getting a good off a defensive rebound. You go to the under, other end of the court, uh, offensive rebound. Usually if you're a big man, you're right near the rim and you get to go back up and score some points. So he challenged Trey Lyles to like be a better defensive rebounder. And all of a sudden he's all over the place, but then Trey brought something up too, that it plays into this whole discussion that Mike Brown told him that in front of the entire team that Mike Brown is taking moments where he's laying it out there, what the expectations are for every single player, but he's not doing it behind closed doors all the time. Mm. Sometimes he's doing it in front of the rest of the team. So 
not only do you have an expectation, you know what's expected of you, but now your teammates start to have an expectation of what the coaching staff wants from this player and this player and this player. So if those guys aren't living up to what they're doing, a teammate can go over and, hey, man, like you only got one defensive rebound, like you need to step it up. Or, hey, you don't want it to be called out. And so I think it, it plays back to what we, we heard from, from Keegan. Keegan is like the poster child for Mike Brown, like throwing him under the bus at this point. Because Mike Brown has never really singled out an individual player and said, you did something wrong or you're not doing something well enough to the media. He's mm-hmm. done it behind closed doors, clearly. But he's really hard on Keegan behind closed doors. He's been hard on him in the media. He's demanding more and more and more from Keegan. And at the same time, as soon as basketball is over, he's putting his arm around the kid. He's supporting the kid. He's making sure that, you know, he's he's part of their family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought it was really interesting for Keegan to say that Mike Brown has become a total father figure for him. And, you know, and again, Keegan Murray has a very good father. Mm-hmm. A father is very engaged. Uh, he was taught them uh, who's coached their basketball teams for years and everything else like a very engaged father but for him to have someone here as a young man who's on his own for the first time who's got family struggles going on back you know at home and who has all year long and who you know really it's so hard and people forget too this is a twin he's an Mm -hmm. identical twin Mm -hmm. and people forget like he and his brother like three or four minutes apart they've lived together forever they've shared the same car they had an apartment together like that tie leaving that behind, like this is a kid that needs a ton of support. And Mike Brown is checking off so many boxes for not only for his players and his, and his team, but for me as well as someone who covers him every day, he's not lead, leaving anything to chance. Mm-hmm. He's making sure he's touching base with every single player all the time. He's keeping them engaged. He's keeping Terrence Davis like engaged even when he's not playing and then when he is playing you know the expectations don't change Mm -hmm. like it's a consistency that this franchise has lacked for so long and i really think he was the perfect coach for the at the right time for this team there's a um there's a personal element that mike brown brings to the table that gives him the leeway and the cachet to kind of criticize these guys basketball wise when needed Right. Like, I, f- I feel like you talk about him, you know, saying whatever he says to Keegan, then afterwards putting his arm around him. I mean, stuff like that, like having that type of relationship, I know as, as a player and I try to do as a coach, I can accept the things you're telling me because it's not, you're not coming at me, the person, or me, the player, just to come at me. You're coming at me because you, number one, think I'm capable of it and you want to see the best out of me. You know, and, and there's a level of, you know, you know, you know, I love you. You know, I love you. you ain't even, you ain't never got to worry about that. This is never personal. You know what I mean? This is we got you got a job to do or I expect you to handle something there. And as long as, you know, these players all have that type of relationship with Mike Brown where they can they can they can feel that from him. You can always go back to Metsu, even though he hadn't played in however many days or Terrence Davis or, you know, you know, Keegan start him out there and expect three rebounds because there's a personal element that Mike Brown brings that I don't think not all NBA. I know not all NBA coaches bring to the workplace, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this so many times. This is my ninth NBA head coach in my 13th year. So like I've covered everything under the sun, but you know, Paul, 
Key Smart, uh, Michael Malone, Tyrone Corbin, George, George Carl, Carl didn't put his arm around uh, uh, the <laughs> Okay, but I'll I'll make a distinction. Um, I think that like it's my job to to break down barriers between the head coach and myself, right? It's almost like I know this sounds strange, but in a lot of ways, it's almost like for people who are out there, like you have to figure out what it is that your boss likes, right? Like the way that they function, the way that they act, the the things that they appreciate and the things that they don't appreciate. Like it's your job when you get a new boss to figure out your new boss, right? Do they let you take longer breaks or are they like a, a every they're counting every tick type guy? You know, do they are they okay with a bunch of request days off or are they not? Or you know, like what kind of boss are they and how do they function and all that stuff? So as a reporter, it they're not my boss. But I have to treat them in sort of that way where I need to figure out ways to break down barriers. And I'm usually pretty good at it, like just because that's my personality. I, I'm I can I can break in with like I can have conversations with just about anyone. But I I often in the course of my time covering this team feel like there are coaches who have great relationships with me, mm-hmm. but do not have those same relationships with their players. They don't have that ability to have those same exact sort of moments with their players. And that's because one of the players, some of them don't understand that that's part of it. You need to figure out your coach. Mm. You need to figure out what makes them tick and the the do's and don'ts for every coach. But also some coaches, they just don't, like, they have their assistants do it. Mm-hmm. They, they overlook that aspect of it, of the personal touch. And that's where I really do believe that Mike Brown has an ability to connect with so many different types of people, but also to be really hard on someone on the court and then to be a father figure off the court. Not everyone has that ability. And like, it's not that I'm calling out Dave Yeager or I'm calling out uh, like Luke Walton, but I can tell you that I had really good relations with relationships with both of those guys. And I know specific players who did not have good relationships with them at all. Mm. And so I don't think we've seen that with Mike. There isn't a single player that doesn't feel like they're part of the family. And and that's a big thing. Uh, we've got tickets to see uh, our family known as the Sacramento Kings coming up uh, January 25th. It'll be the Sacramento Kings versus Toronto, and we've got those for you uh, right now. Caller number 3-916-909-1320. Again, the Kings, Golden One Center, January 25th. Uh, caller number three right now, 916-909-1320. Do you think a conversation was had this week, uh, like specific conversations? Because I, I think about uh, your, your 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 conversation with Keegan, but we also heard Trey Lyles talk about being challenged uh, to rebound more. And I think about the way Terrence Davis has looked on the floor, even in kind of the ugly minutes or the Orlando game. And then the way he looked uh, in 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 the starting position on on Wednesday, uh, do you do you think some guys were pulled aside following that Los Angeles game? And it's like, hey, let's let's reset here. These are my expectations for you. This is what I want from you. This is what I expect of you. This is what I believe that you can do. Some of you guys haven't been getting playing time. Chemezi Metsu, great example. Here's how you're gonna get it and laid everything out for those guys? Because it seems to have been a talking point with a lot of guys this week. 
Yeah, I'm going to guess. I say a lot, a couple of guys this week. Yeah, I'm going to guess that there has been some pretty like tough love moments here over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, there there are players who aren't playing extremely well, guys that are up and down, guys that are, you know, in and out of the rotation, but even a guy like Malik Monk, who's been like, it's been all over the board. Like you have no idea sort of what you're getting from him each and every night. You you hope that you're getting the same energy, but you're not getting the same production. He needs Chemezi. He yeah. ran the numbers. He needs Metu out there with yeah. him. That's his running buddy. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. But I think at some point, like the players have to take some personal ownership of why it is that you haven't gone eight games over 500 at this point. Because it's been there so many times. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the let up against Washington, the let up against Charlotte, the let up against the Lakers, let up against the Hawks. Like these are like coming to Jesus moments in the NBA where it's like if you want to be an elite team, if you want to be a team that doesn't like just make the play in and get bounced by like one of these championship contenders that are sandbagging, um, then you need to start pushing. You need to get better. You need to like it's it's now or never. It's it's this stretch of games at home when you have this opportunity to really become, you know, a three four seed. And it might not be like a really solid three or four seed in in the Western Conference, but it doesn't mean you're still not there. The standings don't lie. Right. You know, it, you can still be a team that gets bounced in the first round. But man, if you have an opportunity, you're the fifth seed right now. If you win tonight, you go back up to the fourth seed. Like, if somehow you get a home game, a home series, like, at least you have a shot. You have a shot to go beyond the first round. Not a shot to win the whole thing. I'm not being, like, crazy here. But you got a shot to to take someone down in the first round. And that's where they should be thinking. You know, I, I kind of relay it to, like, the same way. If I'm Demonis Sabonis, you made two All-Star games right now. You make a third All-Star team, you're on the cusp of being a Hall of Fame player. You need you need probably three more and you're in three more and a bunch of wins in the playoffs and stuff like that, but you're starting to see where like if you're in that position as a player, man, you got to be all in every single night, which is what we see from him. But you need to be all in every single night because all of a sudden you're talking about a legacy for you and your dad and you know like this this incredible lineage of Hall of Fame players and all that stuff. Like it's one thing to make the league, it's another thing to you know be a starter, it's another thing to like be a, a top tier starters another thing to make an all-star team but now you start to compile a career and that's what i think the kings need to start looking at right now like how do we get to that next level and we can't just keep saying it well maybe next year like if it's there for the taking this year why not like go push try to be as good as you can be it doesn't hurt you i mean what's it gonna hurt you a couple of draft spots mm-hmm. you already kind of killed yourself in the draft if you make the playoffs so this is a moment where i think that they're starting to learn how good they are, how good they can be, and and kind of take it from there. James, I said it, and I'm not joking. I said it a couple weeks ago. I said it's not out of the realm of possibility Kings can make the NBA Finals. It's not. Uh, yeah. Like the West is what the West is with the West. Yeah, there are teams that obviously you say now nah, they're better. Memphis is is better, or the Nuggets are better. New Orleans, when everybody was there, they looked better. But you mean to tell me like – The West is the NFC. Yeah, West is the <laughs> NFC. You mean to tell me like they're unbeatable? And I, I preference it by saying if the Kings were in the East, like no, you're not beating Boston in a seven-game series. You're not beating Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Like those teams are, in my opinion, true mm-hmm. championship mm-hmm. teams. They don't have those in the West. They don't have those in the West right now. Yeah, I, I mean I agree with you that there is no true championship team, but – 
like getting all the way through all of that. Like, again, the Kings just haven't been there. Like, we've, we've even talked about, like, nationally televised games, right? They don't get nationally televised games. They haven't mm-hmm. got nationally televised games. So these players have no idea what it is to sit there for, like, a four, four-and-a-half-minute television break. And they got all this nervous energy, and they're freaking out and stuff. They haven't even got to that point where they're actually getting recognition from the league. I mean, they had their one ESPN game just yanked from them yeah. because the Rockets are so bad. And what they would they put the on M- a thirty-point blowout instead? Yeah, the just NBA for the record. Yeah, do you think that that would have helped De'Aaron Fox's uh, like search for an All-Star bid? Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, would have if if people saw him blow up and. Or, or Demonis Sabonis. I mean, Demonis Sabonis can't break into the top 10 of the NBA voting. He puts up a near triple-double almost every single night. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are eight games this season where he has eight assists or more and doesn't get a triple-double. Already has the points and rebounds and doesn't get the triple-double. And then there's another game where he's had uh, a double-double with assists and points but fallen one rebound short. He could easily have 12 triple-doubles at this point. <laughs> Not even like a stretch. He could mm-hmm. easily have that. If Harrison Barnes doesn't miss a layup, and well, he got fouled, but missed a layup when he got fouled, Demonis Sabonis has his fourth triple-double. I mean, and those things do actually matter when you're talking about the ordinary fan looking at like what a player does in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. if, if the triple-double list is Jokic and Doncic and Sabonis, and it, it's really close to that still... But if he was way up there with them, it would mean a lot more. Oh, okay. Good to know we love triple doubles again. That's that's very nice. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk with James Ham because uh, you mentioned Kevin Herter. Obviously got questions about him and his yeah. availability tonight. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And if he's not available, what that means uh, for Terrence Davis and the Sacramento Kings tonight and moving forward. And we'll do that when uh, we return here with James Ham on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do 
D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. Go home stretch here on this Friday. Reminder, got a three-day weekend coming up as we'll be celebrating Dr. King on Monday. So we will be back with you on Tuesday at noon. Of course, they'll be celebrating uh, Dr. King and HBCUs tonight at the Golden One Center. Let's go. That means you can go say hi to Kenny because he's going to be there. (laughs) Let me tell you this. Kenny wasn't going to be at the game on Monday. He wasn't going to be at the game on Tuesday. But Kendra Montgomery Block sent us a text on Wednesday. All of a sudden, plans change, pal. Hey, man. She she called for us. She said, we we need you here. This is what we're doing. It's it's, it's very literally our night at the Golden One Center. Um Speaking of, is it Kevin Herter's night at the Golden One Center? I saw you post a good job by you. A video of him. Yeah, nice segue. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very very much. Smooth. Um yeah, okay, so Herter was at shoot around this yep. morning. Um he's been sick the last two days with an undisclosed illness. That's not um, COVID. That's non COVID related. He was on the practice court, he was getting shots up with his his friends, uh, and then afterwards they're running him really hard up and down uh, the court, trying to get him to hit 10 threes between, you know, each end. Like he kept, he'd run down, they'd serve him a ball, he'd shoot a three, sprint to the other end. I think they were testing his, what, yeah. his physical fitness level. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say there's a possibility he plays, but he also had not been in the gym the previous two days at all. Hmm. Um, so he, he literally was gone sick. Um, and so there's a possibility he plays. But lastly, I'll point out that he was wearing the gray jerseys of the second team, not the black jerseys of the first team who wasn't working. Kevin Hurd has been benched. You heard it. Tweet it. James has not been benched. But what they're probably going to make sure that he's okay, uh, especially with, you know, some travel coming up and everything else. You don't want him to have a setback. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he plays, but. I also wouldn't be totally surprised if they they take it easy for one more day. Yeah. There's got to be some thinking, and I, I I don't like doing this, but there's got to be some thinking that we just just beat Houston on Wednesday mm-hmm. no. without him. Yeah, again, I'm not. I, I get if he's healthy, he's healthy. Yeah. But if if conditioning is a factor, or if it's if he's not quite there yet, you know, maybe maybe yeah. err on the side of caution with the Spurs coming up on Sunday, and then the Lakers on Wednesday on the road. Hearing James break it all down, I I. Be surprised. I would be surprised if he played. I mean, if he hadn't stepped. When you say he just stepped into the gym today, today, yeah. Oh yeah, this is first day. I mean, but when was it? We saw him Monday night. When was the Orlando? Yeah, that was Orlando, and then we didn't see him. So it might have been three days. He hasn't. He hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we last saw him, he was wearing the pink sweater uh, that, that we lovingly joked about with his complexion and hair color that. Was it uh, a, us gingers should not be wearing was pink it a, sweaters. Uh, Kuzma style pink sweater? No, no, it wasn't one of those. <laughs> no, it was it's more was, of a James Ham style. It was a hot pink. It was. It had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that. I think it was your video. I think you posted a video. I posted of the it. video and oh. I, I, like I when he went to pull it out of the locker bold and choice. like put it on, I was like that is like that is bold. Did you talk to him about it? Did you pull him aside and say bold Kevin, move? Caught it. Caught it. Yeah. It's bold <laughs> strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for you. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel? How do you think Terrence did? I thought he struggled. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, he was so hopped up. Like that's the problem. He gets so excited to be in there, and I, I feel for. I him. feel like he brought that same energy though, in against in the the few minutes he played in or, or against Orlando. Hmm. Like he got the call in, in. I don't know if it's like four minutes. It wasn't a lot. 
But he was all over the place. I thought he played his butt off on Saturday. Like he, yeah. he, was, he was working. It, maybe it didn't result in made buckets or maybe he missed an assignment, but I thought he was Yeah, he definitely he missed some assignments. Yeah. But I, I feel like he I, I feel like Terrence is the like you you almost have to let him miss one, correct it, and then I feel like he's good from there. I th- I thought I thought I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. A lot of times if he misses his first shot, you're you know Oh no, not you, that again. You know you're in for it. Oh man! But I also say this, like oh, buddy, healed virus crap. <laughs> but the other problem he had is like right in the first quarter, he did the out of bounds uh, turnover, where he stepped in. I don't know if you guys even saw that or if the telecast caught it. He went to inbounds the ball, but didn't get fully out of bounds and threw the ball to Fox. And as soon as Fox touched it, they called the turnover on the Kings on an inbounds on an off a made basket. And so, do you know how many times up. that happens and doesn't get called? Chemezi well, did it, and I yeah. saw it. I saw Chemezi do it. They just didn't call it. Yeah, that one was so obvious. Like, he was half inbounds, foot on the line, just like. Oh, but he was too hopped up. And so you hope that he settles in a little bit because when he does settle in, man, he can be really exciting. He's a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. He makes mistakes, but, you know, like it's kind of it's kind of like, yeah, uh, we do. But it, it's kind of <laughs> like Kevin Porter, right? Kevin Porter's fun to watch, but man, does he make some crazy mistakes? He's a wild child, right there. Yeah, okay. he he is wild. He's all over the place. But uh, that's you know, if TD played thirty something minutes a night, like Kevin Porter gets that opportunity, then maybe he could play through some of that stuff and start to calm down and start to figure it out. But that's just not who he is on this team, and he's had a difficult time staying in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I um I, I look at tonight and. I think Keegan Murray talked about it. Um, Will Z uh, had up a stat about a, you know playing the team a second time. I think Keegan Murray's was specific to like these these series, these little mini series, and he's like, you know, we played Denver twice, and you know, we won the second game or whatever the case may be. I got a feeling that the Kings uh, kind of handle business tonight. I know traditionally we look at a situation like this, and you're like, ah, oh, second game, you know, it's always tough. Houston's going to be ready to go, whatever. I think it's going to be the exact opposite tonight. I think the Kings um, are going to are going to play a lot better from the start on both sides of the ball and, and win this one rather easily. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. Um, I'll I'll say this so like I like not, not to completely like dump on Kevin Porter. I think that that team is better when he's not playing major minutes and he's not going to play tonight because yeah, he to he got him. injured. Yeah, okay. In in the game right right away, and I think that that's why they were so close. Um, he's a young player that you're allowing to learn through mistakes and play through mistakes and all that stuff, and he makes a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like on the offensive end; it's not just flinging the ball eight rows deep. Somebody who who was it that sent the ball? <laughs> uh, Ish Smith. Oh man. Well, no, but someone did it in the someone Rockets did it on, game. On the Rockets game too. Yeah, in the oh, Rockets game. I missed game. that one. Missed oh, they was sent it Garrison one deep because he's clumsy. There's some he would like thug life, man. That that foul on on Keegan Murray was just was like that Beginning was violence. <laughs> Garrison was hanging out with Trista, I think, on Sunday. I don't I don't know. That was like a, a, like total yeah, violence. Like Yeah, are, that that foul on that was tough. What are you doing? Like yeah. you're gonna hurt somebody. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what was going on there. And then was, and then had the nerve to look at Flagrant? Flagrant. Flagrant. <laughs> Who, what? me? It must have been so, someone else. So flagrant? <laughs> like, he was really confused by it. He's like, come on, man. Flagrant? Come yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, oh, what you are we, what are we you doing? Know, it, was, it was Jabari Smith Jr. who threw the ball, like, 
well over their bench oh. and into the stands. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. out there looking like Bambi. Yeah. Just, How's Bambi look? He's just all legs oh, and has know, yeah, Bambi timid, has no idea. He can't really stand up right. Yeah, he's just all out there awkward okay. and like <laughs> he's going to be that good. From Bambi? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's I the story of like all deers or whatever when they're first born. They can't. They can't, can't get stand on their feet. I can't even say with confidence I've seen Bambi the but, whole way through. Well, I, if I, I did, I was probably don't like remember. four. Yeah, I don't it's remember. your standard Disney movie where but, they kill off the parent like the first. Oh God! Uh, isn't, isn't that the <laughs> same one where they burn down the forest? Oh yeah, what? they they killed they killed the mom early. It's like Dumb, Dumbo. They killed them like all of them. Like Dumbo. Disney's dark, man. It, it, it Disney's is dark. Crazy. I mean, Cinderella has a stepmom. The mom, it, of course, died. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's sort of their formula: kill the mom in the first like three minutes and have it be a, a discovery. And I, I don't know. They're good though. Disney's really good. I don't know They're how we, we got here by me mentioning. I know I need to rewatch Bambi. the Goofy movie. Ever since watching know, it, man, right? I need to rewatch the Goofy movie. You ever seen the Goofy movie? No, I don't think. So, are you familiar with the show Atlanta? No, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I've watched like a, an episode, but I haven't got through it. It's really trippy, man. Atlanta did a. a <laughs> I will watch it though. They did a great love, show. A phenomenal, fictitious episode, but it was based around the Goofy movie, claiming it's the blackest movie ever made. <laughs> blackest now, movie Disney ever made. Blackest movie Disney. Well, I, yeah. Now I now I abs- I haven't. I, I, that's it's one of the greatest episodes of television you'll yeah. ever see. It's phenomenal, but I have to go see the. So I have to go rewatch the, the Goofy. The funny movie thing now. about that is, um, they based that, they made an episode off a theory that was already out there. An like internet I heard, idea. Yeah, I had yeah. heard that before, and they created a whole story <laughs> about how that actually happened. It was some great TV. It really was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it goes back to the like the strange like Pluto's a dog. So what is Goofy? That's, that's a good question. Yeah, because I think you think Goofy's a dog, but then Pluto is Mickey Mouse's dog, and they're in the same movies together. So that's what is Goofy? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. not quite sure. Uh-huh. Maybe someone in the chatty house has the answer to this. It's pretty scandalous. Mm-hmm. Scandalous. Pretty scandalous stuff. <laughs> Shout out to Disney. Don't know how to segue here. <laughs> Anybody uh, got any ideas? <laughs> you know what would be goofy, James? <laughs> well, no. We think uh, we think Malik Monk is a shooting guard. So what is De'Aaron Fox? <laughs> Not oh, nearly man. as smooth as Segway is one of Damien's, yeah. but yeah. yeah, didn't 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 quite have that one ready. Uh, wasn't prepared. Wasn't prepared for the Disney talk. Uh, uh, Chemezi Metu's resurgence has taken place uh, this week as well. Uh, the bench seems to have found uh, a, a good little groove. Mike will never say this in his pregame press conference that you're going to head to here uh, in about 15 minutes, but his expectation for is for this team to win tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team is always take it one win at a time, one game at a time, focus 100% on one game, and... Uh, you know, I, I think that they are. They're totally locked in on, on the one game, and they know that they have an opportunity here against Houston. Um, but then, again, you take it one game at a time, and you got San Antonio. You take mm-hmm. it one game at a time, you got the Lakers who are still beat up. You take it one game at a time, you got OKC. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, if you can stay in the moment, you're eight games over 500, mm-hmm. and, and you're the it's talk crazy. of the league, yeah. and you might get two All-Stars. Yeah. I mean, 
that's where we're at. I mean, this they have an opportunity here to make some major, major push right now. And we talked about it before, but this is that moment, you know, like don't let off, don't have another slip up, um, take each, each game and, and each opponent seriously. They're all NBA players, uh, for a reason. And you need to respect that and go out there and play your game and, you know, and, and knock off some, some bad teams. Yeah. I, I had a question for you, James, and you know, this may be a little bit of a downer, but I'm not trying to be a downer. Oh, wow. It was kind of reported. <laughs> this is something within our circles that we've kind of assumed maybe or known for a while, but it was finally reported the other day that Rashawn is available. Does that, is that like change anything around there? Or is this just like, it's been reported. So now maybe nationally people know, but it's the same discussions that's been going on for a while. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've said it for a while. Like Rashawn Holmes is available. Like, that's the Kings, like for my conversations within the walls, um, there is a, a deep concern about like upsetting the apple cart if you were to trade uh, Harrison Barnes um, just because of what he means to the franchise, what he means to the locker room and and how fragile chemistry. Also, and, he's good. And all that stuff. And he, he's playing really well. I wouldn't well, do well, yeah, but I mean, we told you guys this this was we just talked about this on the podcast this was the worst case scenario i told you guys this before the season right. started yep. i said this I is the going. worst case scenario yep. that this team is good and you can't trade harrison barnes because you're playing too well and you're worried about it what it would do to the chemistry of the team and if you can't trade him now and you lose him for nothing it's a disaster because you don't have the raw cap space to go sign another Harrison Barnes or for that matter, the rock cap space or the, like the assets to go replace him or the, the history of being able to get a player as good as Harrison Barnes in free. How do you not have the raw cap space? Um, well, with Harrison ex- dropping off, Terrence ex- Davis expiring. Yeah. Alex yeah you Lynn. do have a bunch. Yeah. yeah you got trial. Uh, Trey Lyles is expiring. Alex Lynn. Um, like that sounds, this says, this sounds like a whole other host of problems, by the way, we're talking <laughs> about oh, Terrence Davis. Expiring. Terrence Davis. One thing. Trey Lyles has been really good for this team this mm-hmm. year. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So my point though, is that like, look, it's going to be very difficult to find a player of that value. Mm-hmm. And if you can't retain him, and or you can't get something for him on the way out the door as far as like a sign and trade, which who knows if you can get a sign and trade done with him. Sign and trades have kind of gone the Those way. Hard. Yeah, yeah they, they've kind of disappeared at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, it becomes like the worst case scenario. Now, when it comes to Holmes, like I, I like weeks ago, Holmes has been available. Holmes mm-hmm. is available, and that's that shouldn't feel bad for him, and it shouldn't feel bad for for anyone involved. It's the best thing for everyone. Like at this point, he needs to like sort of reset himself mm-hmm. and he still got, you know, two and a half years left on a contract, which of course the Kings wouldn't be in love with paying out, you know, like they're, they're going to have to keep paying him and they're, and he's got a player option for the, the fourth year at like 12, well, maybe it's 13 million. There's no way he's not picking that up, that up. I mean, he's not walking away from that kind of money to go make a million or two somewhere else on a minimum scale deal and trying to rebuild his his stuff at like 31, 32 years old. So, um, yeah, if the Kings can find a, a home for him, um, then it would make sense. But, um, you know, you're not going to take on a bunch of bad contracts. Uh, you're not going to limit your ability to do certain things. And 
you're going to do what you got to do. Uh, you know, you're going to do what's right for you as a franchise and hopefully the player as well. But the first goal is to do what's right for you as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Just resign him. Be easy. Problem solved. Rashawn, come on, man. Or uh, Harrison, I mean. Oh, not yeah. Rashawn, not Rashawn. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Rashawn, we, we, we're going to find a home for yeah, you. We gonna, yeah, it's we good for everybody. We're going to figure it out. Just resign Harrison. Re- resign that's, Harrison. That's, that's the thing. Because you did. You, you, you said this for – you said this several times. Worst case scenario, this is, it's, it's literally what's facing the Kings right now with Harrison Barnes. But it feels like now that we're in the moment versus hypothesizing, you know, over the summer – now that we're in the moment, to me, it feels easy. Okay, if he leaves, he leaves. Mm-hmm. You don't make the switch now unless you're 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 confident it has to be that De'Aaron Domas conversation we were talking about the other day. Man, God, I can't believe Harrison's gone. But yo, we got yeah. dot dot dot. It has yeah. to be that. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you deal with the off season in the off season. Yep. Harrison is too he's too valuable. Yep. Yeah, and I mean the Kings still have like salary cap flexibility like they still have like the ability to go out and get a player like i i was even just hypothetically not that i think that it would happen but let's say that they decided that john collins was an interesting player for them right now not as a replacement for harrison not as a replacement for keegan murray but as someone that you could go out and make a move without touching that group Mm -hmm. uh so like rashawn holmes because again, you're taking on a player with a hundred million bucks. They have to take back some salary. So if you look at Rashawn Holmes, not only you're taking back that player, you're taking back a player they clearly don't want and they never did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're but, helping them out. But you could do the deal. He only makes twenty three and a half million dollars this year. You only have to be within twenty percent of that. So you could do a deal for uh, whether it's it's Davion or well Rashawn Holmes with Alex Len and Terrence Davis or with Davion Mitchell. And then of course you're going to have to you know, work with picks. So um, is it possible that they would accept the pick you already owe them and strip down with zero, uh, you know, restrictions mm-hmm. and just give up 2024 pick and then maybe something else on top of that? I, I don't know, I, you know, what it, what it will take, but it's a lot of money to absorb. But again, now your three forward rotation is John Collins, Harrison Barnes, and Keegan Murray. In what order? Does it matter? Uh, I don't think it does. Probably to them. Yeah. I well, mean, Harrison isn't moving. So. But Keegan's a rookie, so I mean. Yeah, I was about to say, I think Collins will probably start. Yeah, and, and Keegan played the three and the four, so he's he's probably the most versatile. Well, he's more versatile as than Collins to play the three and the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are, like, if you're going to do something like that, now you're locking in your cap space long term. Mm-hmm. But if you lose Harrison Barnes, at least you still have a buffer mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. The other thing with uh, Harrison, and, and worst case scenario, he leaves. You know, you didn't trade for him or, or trade, you know, to get anything for him. I think um, this summer, Sacramento would be a, a little better. I'm not saying they get Giannis, but it'd be a little more appealing to people than it was 12 months ago. Giannis want to see the beam up close in person. Well, this is true. Yeah, it might this be is true. He got California ties, but you know, Does you can he? go. Yeah, his uh, fiance is from Fresno. Oh, that's right. Um, but yeah, you you know maybe you'd be in the running for uh, he's not a free agent, but like Jay Crowder or, or PJ Washington or something like that. Like whereas twelve months ago, <laughs> going to Sacramento, you guys haven't done anything in a minute. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
every GM always thinks they'll be the guy that can turn it around and you'll be able to get somebody. And I'll tell you, the best free agent to ever sign in Sacramento, ever, is Vladi Divac. Ever. Sure. And then we start to get, oh. to get to who's the second best and who's the third best. And the second best might be like Malik Monk. Malik Monk. It might be right there. It might be George Hill during that, that, you know, when he signed, but he didn't work out. But when he signed, he's coming off 17 points Malik. in games. I'm going Malik over George Malik Hill. Malik. Yeah. We're, uh, we're out of here. Real quick, uh, you got the 49ers tomorrow, Hammer? I do. All right. Appreciate you guys so much for being with us. Reminder we will see you here Tuesday at noon on Sacramento Sports Leader. Have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. Uh, drink responsibly. And we'll see you here Tuesday on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Go Kings. Go Niners. Let's go. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.